So I am uh, sitting here with our friend Dom Lewis. Dom, it's been a while. How have you been? I've been all right, mate. How are you? You've moved away from me. You've left I me. Have. You've left have. the shores of the West Coast for for other shores of East the East Coast. Not even shores. Where are you again? Uh, Silver Spring. So it sounds very nice. <laughs> We, I was on the shore. I was over by the Chesapeake Bay. So I was, technically we are on the opposite shores. So yeah, for anyone listening, uh, uh, I have been relocated over to Maryland. Uh, typically everything that on film music media was done based out of Los Angeles, uh, but we're going to continue doing it because, you know, COVID has made us okay with these, uh, these Zoom interactions, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's every day, isn't it? So it's Zoom it this, Zoom that. It's life. And which is funny because the last in-person thing I ever did was with you at your studio this was december 2019 we did the studio tour that's the last in-person thing that i've done with film music media well i'm a very lucky man <laughs> uh, you were you were the you're the cap you know, <laughs> the feather in the cap <laughs> yeah it's funny i'd lo- it's had a lot of views that tour i got i was doing a i was doing a podcast the other day um and the and the interviewer was had watched it and was asking me about it um, which I've never ha- had before, having watched the the tour. Oh, I saw you had this, and that's cool. Tell us about the story of that. And, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's a lot of research. It's great. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll forward his details so you can send an invoice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, let's talk about it. Have you had any new uh, toys since the last time I've been over? Any new guitars? Any Anything new to the collection? Or is it still the... It's ongoing. It's an ongoing addiction. We, we don't have enough time to talk about all the new things. Um, yeah, a couple of new guitars. Um, bought some stuff for new projects um, and things like that. And just the general addiction continues. That's good. It's always good to be an addict, you know. <laughs> I've literally never heard anyone say that before. It's always good to be an addict. It's always good to be an addict. <laughs> Oh, dear, dear. so last time yeah i was there and we were supposed to actually talk about peter rabbit 2 which of course has a uh, was delayed with everything else in the world and life but um yeah since since i've uh, been uh, we've talked uh let's talk about um you ended up uh finishing off your uh run on ducktales the, the show wrapped which was an amazing run for a few years and bringing back yeah. ducktales to a, a new modern audience talk about that experience and what was it like being on such an iconic show like that scoring the music for it and and being able to be part of that legacy. I mean, it was so cool. Uh, it was, it's one of those projects that um, you get to work with just wonderful people all the time. Um, you know, Matt and Frank, the guys at the helm of that show were just so brilliant and lovely and supportive. And then you've got the wonderful execs at Disney TVA and Jay and Mark, um, who, and they just make everything so easy. Um, and they're so supportive and it's it's always a blank canvas with them and you can just kind of do what you do and not have to worry about all the kind of other boring things that may be in other projects but um it's always great to be part of a reboot that's successful yeah um it's always nice to be part of something that people adore and you know a lot of people think it's better than the 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 first one and which is super rare and um yeah it was just a really nice chance to do you know some kind of throwback orchestral stuff with a little bit of hybrid things thrown in there now and again but you know the last three episodes uh i got to record um in a in a covid way in a pandemic way but still we got real real people on it um awesome so yeah, it was it was a little sad when it came to an end. We had a sort of Zoom, back to the Zoom. We had a Zoom premiere of it, and then a kind of like cast after party Zoom afterwards, which was also a bit weird. Um, but yeah, it, for 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 a little while after it finished, it was a bit sad to be like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore, and I'm not I'm not I don't get to kind of talk with these amazing people. I'm sure we'll work together again at some point, but. Yeah, it's always um, bittersweet when it comes to an end, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially when, you know, Matt was just so wonderful and so supportive and and just a lovely, lovely man. I really hope to work with him again because 
one, he's super talented and extremely smart and has amazing ideas, but two, he just makes everything so easy. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, so let's jump to, uh, you know, the, the reason why we were talking in 2019, uh, mm-hmm. was getting ready to uh, talk about, uh, Peter rabbit too. <laughs> rabbits. Yeah. The rabbit, uh, came back, um, which, uh, I, and I loved, I remember, you know, I remember sitting in your studio when you were writing the score for the first one and, uh, it turned out so lovely and so wonderful. And it was such a, an emotional, uh, score. And I thought you did such a wonderful job with it. Um, so talk about returning to that world. Um, you know, and I know, I think this time you get a little bit more chance to maybe have the score flourish a little bit more and not have to kind of wrestle with needle drops as much, but talk about, um, what it was like coming back to it and what did your approach was of bringing, do you want to kind of do new stuff? Did you want to touch back on the old stuff and how did you kind of handle that balance? Yeah, it's not, it's nice to come back to something uh, for a sequel that you've sort of put in all the, the really hard legwork. <laughs> um, you know, the themes, the theme of the themes existed. So, you know, it was obviously I had to write some, some new things for sort of bad guys and whatnot. And, uh, you know, and I wrote a new kind of like uplifting theme um, and just had to kind of tweak the palette a little bit, um, obviously, because they're not in, they're not um, in the countryside the whole time and they, they go to the city or the town. Um so yeah, I took to it a little bit. So in the, so the 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 first movie, all the percussion was kind of based around garden tools and pots and things like that. Right. And then, <laughs> and then for the second one, I kind of brought in trash cans and things from the city and and sort of banged on them. And it sort of it did kind of shift uh, the perspective a bit. And instead of I, in the first one, I used shears um, for kind of hi hats. And then the second one. I actually had a cage for one of my dogs uh, <laughs> here for some reason. And so I was just opening and shutting the lock for the hi-hats. So it, they, everything kind of just shifted towards the city. Um, and yeah, I, I'm it's probably a little bit more orchestral, this one. I don't, yeah, what would you say? I mean, I think it's on the yeah. whole, it's a bit more orchestral. And, I so, yeah. and I, didn't, I didn't have to kind of deal with coming in and out of needle drops as much. The sort of the the ratio changed from being first one being more songs less score, right. second one's more score less songs. So, um, it was really great to kind of come in at that point and already have Will's trust. Um, and it was relatively easy, you know. I mean, the hardest bit about about it was the uh, the conforms and kind of the picture changing a lot because. Right you know, with animation and you can, you can, because you just have to put a, a, a rabbit in this existing, uh, um, well, my brain has just died on me. Literally <laughs> it went shut down. <laughs> um, footage. Thank you. Oh, footage, live action plates. <laughs> yeah. So there's this like, there's just a bunch of live action footage without anything in it. And so you can, if you want to change what the rabbits are doing, you can. So, um sometimes that's a good thing sometimes it's a bad thing anyway uh it was great i loved coming back for the sequel it was really it was super cool and when i was doing the king's man i was um already in london i'd moved to london to do that so that's right yeah uh and will was filming some scenes in london so i got to kind of visit set and hang out we talked about like what we wanted to do with the second one and it needs to be bigger and um you know new themes and new this and new that so um it was a fine line i kind of wanted to toe the line of one foot in i don't know if the word is nostalgia but you know keeping it relevant to the first one but also not doing it too much so it gets a bit boring because we've already gone there um but yeah you don't want to change it so much that people are like what's this (laughs) um so there needed to be some sort of through line uh in the sequel but um it was super fun it was kind of long i was on it for a long time again um but uh yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. It was sort of, it was a very nice um, palate cleanse from the King's Man. Going from Matthew Vaughn's world. Matthew Vaughn's world, yeah, the seriousness and the craziness of all that to sort of, you know, just kind of dealing with the rabbits again. It was like coming back to old friends. So yeah, it was really nice. What was it like working with Will again? I know, because I think last time was the first time you, got, you guys worked together on um, the first film, mm. right? So what was it like working with him for the second time? Was there more trust this time? Did he, uh, know the, so it was more of a kind of shorthand, you were able to kind of get it, hit the ground running better? 
it was so shorthand, in fact, that um, it, I, I don't really remember having many meetings with him. I think he came, <laughs> I think he came here like twice. Um, and then, yeah, it was just the notes came from basically the picture changing. That's yeah. how kind of on the same page we were on the second one. I would just write music and he'd be like, yeah, but that's going to change. So uh, be wary of that. It's not going to be too bad. And of course, the picture would come in and it was like, oh, my God, it's reshuffled the hell out of this. <laughs> but so I can think of me. I could probably count the notes on one hand um, that were kind of creative things. Wow. Um, so, yeah, there was definitely a, um, a York notes kind of shortcuts on this one because we just kind of knew what the other one was expecting and what the other one was going to do so it was cool it was really cool actually well, I think it turned out great I know it's uh came out in a very kind of troubled time um but yeah, you know shame but but it's you know. but it's still great work from you and the soundtrack is out and people should definitely check it out it's uh it's one of my favorite uh you know scores that you've done especially the first one and now this one kind of I feel them are companion pieces so it's really nice oh thanks mate and uh, so jumping from a, from rabbits to a completely different world, uh, you also just recently uh, scored Jolt, uh, starring Kate I Beckinsale. I did that. Uh, available on Amazon Prime, which is a, a crazy high concept, fun kind of action comedy thriller. And, uh, and it's uh, mental. That movie is crazy. <laughs> and your score is, is crazy, too. I love it um you you're 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 doing vocals on it you're doing these mm -hmm. crazy synthscapes and sounds and, and everything talk about the approach for this and 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 how did you get to the final product of what that score ended up being um well off the bat i mean i i read the script and was like what the fuck is this <laughs> in a good way you know not, yeah, not in a yeah. bad way in, in a good way um just it was mental on on the page so uh I thought, yeah, why not? Um, and I wanted to kind of, you know, combat that with an equally sort of mental score that is not what I would or what anyone would think you would do with that material. And that was to kind of like, I don't know, merge every genre possible. No, it, it was sort of, I wanted to kind of just have fun, mix it up and that, you know, as usual with those kind of things, I just sort of opened up a sequence and just started playing around. Um, yeah, it sounded like you had a lot of fun on this one. Like it sounded like you were you were kind of in your your playground. <laughs> yeah, totally. I it was. I didn't. I wasn't really worrying about. It was one of those ones where you know it was the pandemic. Um, I. I, th I think that maybe if I'd been busy with other things, it might not have come, like it might have not had slotted into the schedule, but because of the pandemic, I was able to do it. Um, and it was just one of those ones where it's like, I just kind of want to, I don't know, see how much I can get away with with this one. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, I pushed the boat out a bit and just kind of went nuts and brought in some hip hop elements and rock elements and, you know, writing some songs and, um that then led to like oh by the way don we can't actually afford this needle drop that we put would you mind writing another song for this bit in the style of that so it was cool to to you know be able to write some songs and to to heavily feature vocals and play guitar and mess around with hip-hop stuff and um just kind of match the nuttiness of what was going on screen um and also kate's character's got this sort of very charming, funny, aggressive, sassy. I mean, she's a bit of everything as well. So I think the yeah, she's great in the role. Yeah, she's great. Really yeah. great. And the music needed to have elements to that. So I kind of just threw caution to the wind and went, I'm just going to write whatever comes out my brain at this point, send the suite off. And luckily, Tanya was like, this is great. This is awesome. So yeah, I mean, I shouldn't, I should, the gig shouldn't have been mine. I mean, you know, she works with Matt, um, our friend Matthew Margerson, worked yeah. with him on uh, Buffalo. And the goal was to get Matt to do it. But um, Millennium had some tax deal where the, the composer had to be from the UK. So, um, you know, after, I think after Matt got over, after they both got over their disappointment, um, Matt suggested me to do it. So that was very kind of him. Um, and, yeah, I, you know what? It's one of those scores that I didn't have to edit at all when it came to the soundtrack. It was just like, that's awesome. Because I've been just given the liberty to just write music 
and um you know just go for it it was like oh i don't have to cut that out because it's not boring oh, i don't have to cut that out because it's not boring all right cool so i just kind of went fuck it i'll put all, all on there <laughs> um so I, i'm sorry if it's a bit long and a bit repetitive but i felt like screw it just put yeah, it give it there. give it give it us give it to us all of it and we want all of it yeah <laughs> so i mean you had your vocals on there um which uh people if people don't know you are you know a very amazing vocalist and uh, we've heard your vocals on other scores, other people's scores, even Henry Jackman scores like Winter Soldier, that crazy whale you did. And I kind mm -hmm. of had those vibes with this one too. You've, I mean, you do your vocals on Peter Rabbit as well. Um, talk about when you utilize yourself and you become a performer. How is that as a composer? What are you, what are you trying to get out of your vocals and what kind of textures are you trying to add? Let's use Jolt as an example. What did you, your vocals want uh, to add for this score? It's funny, I tend to kind of just like it starts out as a scratch or a demo, and then a lot of people get used to it. And uh, I don't complain because I'm a, as you know, I'm a, a frustrated artist at the best of times. Um, so anytime I can get my voice on stuff, it's great. Um, and I love to do it. And this, this features a lot of voices, actually. It's not just me, there's Jess yeah. Weiss is on there, my wife is on there. Um, a couple of samples some sample stuff i've got that i was allowed to use um so yeah i with when i perform on stuff i say perform when i like bash out a scratch track for stuff um often it, it's done with the thought that oh this is going to get replaced and then either because i don't have any time or because people really like it um it stays yeah um which is nice. It's nice that people, you know, don't cringe and, and run away when they hear the sound of my voice. So um, it's you good. Have a very lovely voice. <laughs> oh, bless you. Well, the, the good thing about my voice is that I can kind of, I can put it places that people wouldn't normally think it would go, whether it's very yeah. high or very raw or very whatever it might be, or an impersonation of someone or um I've, I've been blessed with that gift i think that so it's kind of easy to do demos whether it's whatever genre it's in i can just kind of go all right i'll put that hat on um and uh i have a lot of fun with it you know whether it's an 80s montage in ducktales or a kind of rocky thing in jolt or or a hip-hop thing whatever it might be i you know originally i wanted to be a singer so yeah you're in nice. a bunch of you're in bands right when you're younger yeah. and sung in bands yeah yeah, so it's nice to kind of, I'm getting to do it more, actually. More people requesting it, more people wanting it. Yeah, you re you released um, a song, I think, during the was it during the pandemic, you released like a little EP, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, there's a couple of songs on Spotify that I did just, you know, yeah, those were great. and banged it yeah. out. And then um, I didn't really know how to process them. I mean, we're talking about the pandemic, we said we wouldn't, but I didn't really know how to process that. So I just kind of sat down at the piano one day and just, wrote a song at the end of one of the cues of whatever film I was working on yeah and um it was received really well and the people liked it and I mean it it moved people and and some I got messages saying you know oh this has made me feel way better about the whole situation and thank you for this and so that's I mean that's why we do it that's that's the whole point to kind of touch people and to you know whether it's to make people believe a certain thing or in themselves or whatever it might be it's just it's nice to get feedback on something that's so personal because yeah that's something you know, that you you turned out from inside and you you're right. manifesting it the way you know how to yeah because most of the stuff i do is of course is a collaboration with with directors and producers and and the and the, the piece of art that already already exists in the form of of a film or a tv show so you're sort you're sort of almost half the way there and have to kind of fit into a box whereas with my own songs it's just literally how i'm feeling at that point so yeah it's always nice to show off and have a little sing. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> always, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's move on to, of course, uh, another recent uh, awesome project. Of course, monsters, uh, monsters at work for Disney. Um, yeah. Which I was so excited that you got to do. Um, so me too. Talk, yeah, well, and of course, it's a uh, their first isn't it their first CGI like series or, or not, maybe not but um it, it's a rare thing to see a CGI television animated series you know um, yeah uh, you know usually when you think of TV animation it's usually 2D and I think there's some junior stuff that's 3D animation and stuff so it's maybe not their first one but 
uh, first coming from that kind of Pixar family. Talk about working on uh, the show uh, on this on the show because of course everyone knows Monsters University and Monsters Incorporated, and you're following in the footsteps of the great you know Randy Newman. Yep. So I'm sure there was, you know, you had to kind of capture that feel of what Randy kind of established before, but how did you do that as well as put the Don Lewis stamp on it? Good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> did I? Uh, yeah, it was, you know. It's, always... it definitely, you have your stamp on it. I listened through it and there's definitely Don Lewis there. <laughs> oh, bless you. Yeah, no, it's definitely daunting. Um, more so than than the Goosebumps 2 adventure I went on, you know, following Danny Elfman, because while I was told to kind of, you know, please use Danny's theme in moments, it was very much like just, you know, go do what you do. Right. Whereas this one is like, oh, do what you do, but <laughs> there was a but. Um, but no, I, I, I wanted to, you know, I often get asked the question, did you go and, you know, did you research Randy's score? Did you refresh yourself? It's like, well, right. no, because subconsciously i'm just gonna you know rip him off and recreate what he's done so i didn't want to do that and also i know it so well anyway i didn't have to yeah um you know from when it first came out to having two small children who watch it religiously so i i i know the material inside out anyway um i learned to stop asking that question because when i first started doing this i would ask questions like that and i think every answer i ever got was like no, because that would just like poison my brain and it would just yeah. take over. Yeah. So every composer has said that if they are doing it's a, a really good way of putting it, you do. It poisons the brain in thinking, yeah, so oh, I, I want... I, you just go down the wrong yeah. route. So, you know, it was the same with DuckTales and the same with Goosebumps and the same with, you know, the other things I've done that have had previous versions. So it was a very conscious decision to kind of definitely focus on the jazz side of things, mm. um, make make the sound of miffed who obviously the focal point of the whole show very jazz orientated but more in a kind of i don't know it's sort of like a more a mixture of like miles davis birth of cool mixed with like herb alpert to get the kind of like disney kind of fun going on but that that birth of cool ensemble i i definitely listened to a lot of that and kind of wanted to get into it through that you know opened mm. up the real book refreshed myself of um of my jazz chops um it's funny actually i didn't realize at the time but i was doing a rocketeer meeting and just before i got the gig and jay the head of music at disney tva i was like i think he was like probing he said what's it what are your jazz chops like i was like well yeah i mean they're okay you know it's sort of like a randy newman level of jazz um so that's a good answer obviously, <laughs> obviously the perfect answer to then land land the monsters at work gig but sorry i digress um, yeah, I wanted to focus on the smaller side of Mift and being very personal and, and like kind of jazz, a small jazz ensemble. And then obviously, when we get into the action side of things and the big orchestral stuff, I was just doing what I do, you know, yeah. just like obviously keeping in, keeping in mind that it needed to be kind of solidified in in the jazz harmony world. But then just like my orchestration not refreshing myself of like what what would randy do it was just like just go with your gut and then have like you know as i do anyway have kind of randy on my shoulder or in my brain um along with you know 50 other composers um so <laughs> it was voices really in fun. your head um just the voices I, in yeah, your head <laughs> yeah the musical voices in my head no but it's nice to do that um and also it's nice to kind of be able to go off into a different genre and not be confined by the monsters inc and the monsters university sound and world um you know like episodes like the bowling alley where i get to do more 80s montages because i tried i steer any any creative in the direction when they need songs I'm like do you fancy doing like an 80s throwback <laughs> thing yes yeah, great idea okay consider it done um but yeah i waffled on so much i forgot your question <laughs> no, you answered it about, about working with the having to follow Randy's footsteps and putting yes. your own mark on it's, it. Yeah, it's 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 always tough. It's someone as beloved and, you know, amazing as Randy, you automatically just like you, you, you fail from the start. But you tried to fail at the point where people go, yeah, he did all right. <laughs> I think he did more I than all right. <laughs> I had an interview the other day and, and um, he was like, yeah, no, it was 
you did, you did, you did a good, you did a good job. You did, you did quite well. I was like, <laughs> thanks. Well, I was following Randy, so no, you got a point. Um, no, you, but, you know, it, it, it's right. I mean, how can you, how can you, you can't better Randy, so you got to just like go with, roll with the punches and just go with the flow, which is why when they asked me to kind of, oh, do you have any ideas for a different spin on the, on the main title? Because the goal was just to re-record randy's version which right literally do a takedown and just do this because they can't we can't afford the master so can we just re-record it um but i sat i mean i've I've told the story a couple times now but i i i sat here going how do i make this a bit different i tried a big band version that was a bit crap it sounded great but not right for the show i tried you know changing it up a little bit not working i was like again how can I sing on things? Um, I just decided to go, I, you know, I'm going to try to do this acapella and see what it sounds like in like the style of the, the swingle singers or whatever. And um, thinking that they'd be like, yeah, no, oh, it's great, Dom. It's really great. And I think, yeah, no, it's cool, but it's not right for this. But they lost their shit over it. And it was like, oh, we have to put this at the beginning of every show. And the original idea was to, to do what we did in the credits, which was like m- mix up the, the genres of the of the main title with like different orchestrations that was the idea to do that at the front of the episode but actually dan dan the editor was like no we've got to have this acapella at the front of every episode it's like the identity of the show so i was like all right sure sag please (laughs) uh so i wasn't complaining at all with that notion um yeah so it's it was really cool and it's had like mainly super positive feedback oh it's Um, fantastic i love the take on it it's just it feels like something you would have cooked up you know and i love you it's a it's a great cover version it's just like a perfect cover of of that of that theme and yeah and it's it's just no it's been nice people saying oh it's great great and then you get the odd (laughs) i would scroll through the youtube you get the odd but why it's so (laughs) annoying why would you do this in caps like well for cash no because i i actually, I actually thought it was a good idea and, and most people like it well yeah i i agree most people like it <laughs> other Except than the, the ones that find it annoying for the one mosquito guy terrible arrangement like it sounds like a mosquito <laughs> all right well you're entitled to your opinion but it's, it's, it's like what you do in the car when you actually you're, you're singing it to yourself almost when it's like a catchy yeah. tune and then you it's true yeah, and then it's just true. doing that. And I try to, I try to kind of do the the caricature voices without being like full Muppet monster voices. You know what I mean? So yeah. I try to kind of, I I inputted a little bit of sort of tongue in cheek with some of the characters that were singing some of the lines, but I didn't want to go like full, yeah. full Muppets. <laughs> uh, and I think that helped just make it a bit more fun and easygoing and like you know gently ease people into this familiar yeah. world with its with the different identities you know to give it its own identity to kind of separate itself from the movies as well so i thought it was really yeah really, i mean yeah. much like the show you know it's yeah new characters that definitely feel of the world but are different so that's right. you know what i was trying to do with the main theme yeah um so uh, just staying on monsters at work a little bit um working on a kind of a high-end cgi 3d animated uh program you know I work in 2D animation, so I'm curious, what is, what is the turnaround between episodes or something like that? Is this something that they kind of just all, do they hand you animatics or locked picture to start working on? And how, what, what was the kind of process of going from episode to episode, or did you just kind of just bang them out at one after another? Um, well, the process at the beginning was that Bob really wanted to focus on themes. So I was just writing suites and themes for the characters for the first uh two maybe two months wow um didn't see any all i had was um sheets of like the characters and what they looked like what the character was how they interacted what their goal was um and like a brief meeting with bobs about you know what their story arc was and it was like just go write some really memorable tunes because i want earworms i don't we need to nail these things before we even look at picture Right. Like, wow. cool, I just get to write just, you know, fun Disney music for for two months. Um, and then, you know, when the picture came, I had I had two weeks to to write the show. And then I would get notes 
and then the 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 gap between uh it going to musicians um and to the mix from that note point kind of changed a lot um and a couple of episodes actually came back because they wanted to do fixes so after recording they'd made changes so i had to go back in i mean the whole pro we could do a whole interview about the process of monsters at work recording was extremely challenging and um i hope i hope if they do a second season um we can do it in a studio because I mean, the musicians must have been as frustrated as I was just kind of getting random files sent to them. Like, Mm. can you play these lines with no guidance whatsoever other than the shitty samples in the in the shitty demo that I gave them? Yeah, Uh, um, I mean, I do my best. But the thing is, with jazz instruments, it's like it's so hard to demo up that stuff because people haven't there's no really great libraries out there. So I would often get back audio that kind of wasn't quite right and to no one's fault other than my own not giving them enough um guidance on the phone or whatever it was so uh we just had to kind of make do for the kind of first couple episodes and then i realized that no i need to kind of call these guys and be like don't like whatever you're seeing on the page and listening to in the demo just like i'm i want you to do it to bring your magic to the to the score and like you know you this is your field however you feel the phrasing should be go with it so it took a while to get it right but um as you know as pandemic recording goes i think the soundtrack turned out okay yeah i mean it's it, no it turned out fantastic and i think what everybody has been pulling off during these times i mean what i see at work you know i work in, in animation as well what i see from from you or other people like lauren scoring you know whatever black widow and seeing how they're all pulled together during this time where everyone had to be separate and only now are we actually kind of getting back to a point that it is kind of somewhat safe to be back in a room together but even now with the things changing and continuing and ongoing it's still going to be more of the same i think and the way that the whole industry adapted you know we some we had to shut down for a little bit but most people kind of kept going and i thought that was just yeah yeah it was stressful for everybody in in particular just kind of kept rolling which we never stopped yeah at cartoon network we never stopped uh we were we kept going we adapted home recording and everything it was it was crazy i mean (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you know it it would have been really nice to kind of mask up and go to capital and have the kind of more big bandy things and the you know the space just the saxes and the trumpets because it's it's those elements that's like it's really hard to get with some guy you know whoever it is sitting in their room playing like random lines and then doubling themselves it's just like you just don't get the you just don't get the same vibe as you do when you've got like you know sure yeah the term big band is big band everyone feeds off each other on the stage and they feed off other people it did kind of skew the way in which i would create sounds and and scopes for the episodes going forward you know originally i kind of did originally before we started all of this i wanted to lean on the big band side of things and make it really kind of way more different than i did um but you know unforeseen circumstances and and just kind of rolling with the punches it did kind of fall back into that orchestral action world which Everyone loved it. All it works great. It fits perfectly with the monster stuff. So, but who knows? Maybe if they do do a second season, I can kind of skew it a bit more towards me and yeah, uh, you know, making it just kind of evolving. It would be nice um, if I get the chance. Well, hopefully you do. I think it's people love it and people are watching it and where everyone's at home and needs stuff to watch. So it's a it's a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's cool. I get I get lots of compliments and people like watching it with their kids and tagging me on Instagram and you know. It's yeah, so nice. it's, a, it's it's as they call it family viewing where everyone can enjoy it. You know, not yeah. just for little kids, for everybody, adults, everyone. It's a it's a great, and I think you hit the tone perfectly. And I think you 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 know you got all the characters and the characterizations and the emotions in there and the fun and the action and the quirkiness. It's all there. So you're <laughs> too kind. I shall uh, <laughs> I shall send you your twenty dollars after this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just moved. I need it. <laughs> no, it's a great, it's a great little show. And you know, you're never going to please everyone. It's, it's kind of sacred ground, the monster's world. And just to kind of, you know, to get above 
to get above 60 percent on rotten tomatoes is is a is a major achievement i think because you've got so many just natural haters and trolls that are like oh it's nothing like yeah. the movie it's not this it's not that it's like well we actually like if you just look at the budget for a start and then you'll realize why you know your little queries about the animation and this and that that you know we're working with nowhere near the budget of the film right for one um so yeah I, and and also like a lot of stuff came out that was like, well, you know, it's not Pixar, it's not Pixar. Yeah, you're right. It isn't Pixar. <laughs> it's Disney TVA. You're absolutely right. So I think a lot of people thought, oh, Pixar dropped the ball. So well, that's the reason why Pixar didn't put their stamp on it because it was meant to be a different thing. It was supposed yeah. to just be taking it and moving it into the TV world. And if, as you said, like for a TV for a, tv animation show it's it's crazy good it looks awesome looks great i mean and we're just entering that space on on my end of things because uh you know we're expanding at cartoon network we're, we're talking about 3d and stop motion and going beyond 2d animation and and 3d animation for or cgi animation for for a tv series is crazy because you know some those movies take four years sometimes to make right, right. and you're doing a show and television schedules are insane and the yeah. the turnaround and the deadlines and especially with animation because it just takes a thousand times longer than live action so it's just it just stretches on for months and months and months yeah. for an episode um i guess people don't really give a shit though, do they no but see i i, 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 I <laughs> they're, not, they're, they're not watching going <laughs> oh well you know they, i think the people they, who the are movies had years and these guys don't have long so therefore i'm gonna i'm not gonna go online and troll it no, but, but it, yeah, I, it, I think it's, you're trying to, it's not even trying to make an excuse for it to be let i think it's still it's a great quality and it has the heart of, of everything and mm-hmm. and uh i, I, I think honestly one thing yeah i stopped i told myself i wasn't gonna go to rotten tomatoes anymore because i i just don't like reading like you don't even know who those reviewers are i don't know oh, who these people it are. drives me nuts it drives it's like me why nuts. are you taking random selection num you just see a number it's like do you know the person to have Go talk to your friends. That's why I'd like, I don't want to go see yeah. a movie and well, then we've call someone up. Before. We've yeah, said just be like, kind you know. of pointless. Well, it's even so like the, the kind of what they called, um, what they call top critics or whatever the hell they're Top critics, yeah. It's like you read some of these reviews and not just on, uh, obviously, I'm a bit of a, a, a review borrower and I go look at things on, <clears throat> excuse me, on, on things that I've done, but I look at other things and go, you've completely missed the point of the film. How are you a top critic when it's like, you literally, that's not what the film was about at all. And you're like panning it based on the fact that you think it's about this when actually it's about something completely different. Yeah, so. I mean, movies are, I always tell this to people, like movies are anything artistic or you know, anything for entertainment. It's so, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's all subjective, you know? Mm. So it's, it's like food. Somebody can be like, I hate, you know, I don't like eating meat. Cool. Or I, I don't like eating cheese. I don't like the taste of eggs. That's cool. But, it, you know, you don't have to rag on somebody for it. Yeah. Or, you know, right. But if somebody yeah, yeah. says like, oh, I don't that's like really this. It's analogy. like, that's great. That's great. Yeah. You don't have to like it. You don't have to love it or hate it. You know, it will affect you differently than it does me or to you. But that's why I stopped writing reviews for film music media. And, and I think I got a lot of hate when i when i came out i know why you stopped writing reviews no because people like me would be like why didn't you give me five stars (laughs) no whenever i only four and a half stars those texts were always sent in jest i hope you know that i wasn't trying to pressure you you and lauren you and lauren (laughs) it's always nice though when you get a five it's like (laughs) but no i know why you stopped doing that Yeah. yeah no it makes sense it does. I think we're moving past. I think hopefully as a, as a culture, critic culture can die away. And there are certain things that are critic uh, critiques are important. Like if you're a surgeon and you're working on brain surgery, you should probably listen to critiques from your brain. Yeah. You know, right. from yeah, your yeah, yeah. head no, of I surgery. I think it's but much for, more important to what the audience think. You're absolutely yeah. right. Right. I mean, listen, I mean take, yeah. take like, I don't know, something recently, like, I don't know, Fast and the Furious, not a great critic score, but made a bunch of money. People love it. Yeah, or, people love it. Entertaining. Yeah number of films that have come out in the last f- few months that mm, critics didn't love it but hey it made a bunch of money at the box office yeah because so, audience want to go see it so who gives a shit right yeah people love you know people love things people hate things that's fine but i don't th- you should you shouldn't listen to a stranger for advice for about a movie so that's what i'm saying yeah go so watch you it. To- you'll know within the first 25 minutes yeah. if you want to watch the film or not 
And in the streaming world, you can be like, fuck this, I don't want to work. I'm going to turn yeah, it off. Just stop this it. This is yeah. rubbish. Or I'll give it another 15 minutes and then I'll turn it off. Right. You know, or if it's a TV show, oh, I'll give it one more episode. Exactly. So yeah. I, I um, agree with you. I think going to going to a random website to figure out whether you should watch a film or not is utter rubbish. Yeah, it's all a marketing thing. People just want that to get, put that sticker on the you know, certified fresh. Yeah, I mean, it's um, nice when the critics go, sure. it's brilliant, and everyone, you get a 90, whatever. It's great, you know, but look at Paddington 2. Got yeah, whatever. best review movie, uh, you know, screw Citizen Kane. And Paddington 2 flopped, is the best. And flopped in the US. So. <laughs> That's true. And it is know, actually really good. I love Paddington 2. It's an amazing it, film. and did, fantastic. did pretty, it did really well everywhere else. But for some reason in the US, whether it came out the wrong time, but you know. Yeah, Hugh Grant's like best performance, I think, of his one of his in his career. I loved it. <laughs> I love those movies. Fantastic. So we you mentioned streaming uh in there. We we're talking about streaming and everything. So I just want to get your take on it because you know you just did a streaming show and and a lot there's a lot of talk right now. Um, you know, I work on the side with HBO Max and they took a lot of heat at the start of this when they did the day and date with the theaters and all of that mm, and mm. streaming and Disney does that with premier access and people are, you know, there's auteur filmmakers like Nolan and Denis who are speaking out on the protecting of, of, of theaters. Where do you see it going in the future? You know, I just actually went to a theater recently uh, uh, last night to see the green Knight because it was playing at the AFI silver and I wanted to support, you know, an independent mm-hmm. film that I would never, Facebook post. would never get seen, but, um, and you know and it's causing conversations with actors you know ScarJo is you know suing disney because yeah, of that that's, that's it's very interesting so what do you think it's funny a- because we sorry to cut you off because oh, we like, our yeah. first our first ever interview we because it was about high castle yes and streaming so we touched right. on it and how many how many years is it now like down the line we're talking yeah. we're, we're talking about streaming it's it's really interesting um what i think about it i mean you know i think a lot of these people fighting against streaming and not not that i necessarily agree with it um because i love going to the cinema and i think i think that all the hives you know you and i have both seen the countless hours and all the hard work that goes in to getting movie to sound look great on a dub stage or and, and whatever it might be Mm-hmm. And just certain movies are just going to be better in the cinema. Unless yeah. you're like, you know, unless you have a home cinema system with a 7-1 and your know, Atmos, whatever it is, you're just not going to get the same experience. Um, having said that, um, you know, I don't, I, I'm not in the, you, you know, when Napster came out and Lars Ulrich was like, this is the, you can't do this. This is illegal. It's like, well, you're not going to stop it. It's te- you can't right. fight technology. It's just it is what it is. What I hope happens, and you you mentioned ScarJo. What I hope happens is that everyone across the board can come to an agreement on where what is stated in your contract and what it means. Yes, yes. knowing that it's going to go to a streaming platform. How are those individuals going to going to? How are those individuals going to get reimbursed? For the fact that they're not going to get their box office bumps, they're not going to get the royalties from, you know, all over the world plays. As a composer, it it's sort of I have conversations with with Luis all the time. Like, how do we stay ahead of the curve? How do we how do we make sure that we're not going to get, you know, screwed essentially? Because it affects from, you as well because your paycheck Apparently. depends on whether a theat- theatrical versus streaming. And I think the world has evolved so quickly that the the legal part of it and the business side of it has failed to catch up whereas something goes to streaming it's treated as a home video release which is a completely right. different terms of back end and, and yeah. royalties for people it like is. you and other people who are not getting 25 million dollars like scarlett johansson but people who <laughs> you know are putting a lot of it's work funny, into it. like there's so many diff there's so many differing opinions about the scarjo thing and I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't know what the con- I haven't read what the contract I think it's a very stated. important I think it's a very important lawsuit because it is shining a light I think it's very similar to remember when Taylor Swift really stood yeah. up when she said no to her music being free on Apple yep. for three months. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's similar in that where it's shining a light on everything and that there's so yeah, much Yeah, Whether injustice. you agree yeah. with it or not, yeah. you know, yes, she's a huge movie star with lots of cash. Why is she arguing in a pandemic about the money that she's not getting? Right. 
again, I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know if she's got a leg to stand on, but at face value, I'm going, well, she went into this project as the face of the film selling the movie. And in the contracts, it states that she's going to get X, Y, and Z Z for our English viewers who, who, you know, when the movie comes out for box office bumps, that doesn't happen because of the Disney Plus release, right? Right, right. So I don't know. I'm sort of, again, I don't know the ins and outs, but I'm sort of with her. Like if if you're expecting a certain amount of money from a project and you sign that contract because of a certain clause in that deal and it doesn't happen, I, you know, obviously you go, oh God, because it's millions and millions of dollars. But if you replace those millions and millions of dollars with nominal fees, yeah, you go, oh yeah, she's got a point. Just because it's millions of dollars doesn't mean that she's in the wrong. Right. right. Maybe she could have been a bit more understanding. And I, as again, I don't know what the, the whole thing entails, but I bet you they settle out of court anyway. And Disney yeah, are just, yeah. I think Disney are hardballing because, you know, they know they'll settle out of court. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong. I don't know if anyone's right or anyone's wrong, but you're absolutely right. It's shedding a light on this whole situation. And from a composer standpoint, buyouts and all that stuff, uh, changing contracts to reflect number of streams and royalties and all that jargon is crazy important. And I don't know, I don't know how we stay ahead of the curve because I've spoken to a few agents and they're like, well, we don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. This is, we, we got to be in this. We got to figure out this together because it's, you know, we're the, we're the last line of defense. It's, yeah. it's, it's the composers and the agents that, you know, need to kind of force the change when it comes to the contract. And everybody but, else has unions, except, you know, composers don't have unions. No, we don't have, have union. unions. Um, yeah. If composers had unions that, you know, the business wouldn't function. There's just too many hours to reimburse. <laughs> True. Um, but it's it is really interesting and something that for for monsters at work it's i hadn't i hadn't even given it much thought um because i don't know it's it's interesting i hadn't thought that oh yeah if that had come out on disney channel or come out on whatever i would be seeing royalties from it but i'm not gonna see that um so you've just you've i literally just jogged you've jogged my mind on going wait a minute <laughs> Wait, hold on, Scar Scar Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, But no, again, we're not changing it. Technology right, right. is just like a massive old juggernaut going yep. like it's not stopping. We're not going to go. Well, yeah, everyone has to go to the theater and buy their tickets because it's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, think I will always, yeah, I, if there's a movie out there that in the theater, I, w- I would love to go see it in the theater. I want to see Dune in theaters. I want to see, you know, these big epic films, I mean, if, if possible. But, you know, sometimes to give people the option, you know, if you, and I do, I have a nice home theater system, I'm, you know, 7.1 Atmos. And it's like, it's sometimes you don't want the guy chewing popcorn in your ear right behind you and you just want to stay at home for the night, you know. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes but i think taking care of the artists and the people who are making the content is the the most important part of it exactly right take take care of the people that are making you all the money you know that's what it's about and you know i'm not going to get all busybody about it because there's no point yeah Yeah. i'm lucky to be working in this industry i'm lucky to be being hired by people so you know it's not about being greedy it's just about kind of adapting with the times and, and making sure everyone's kind of eating so yeah it's a really interesting question and and it brings up a lot of things that we don't necessarily have time to discuss no, in one i mean it, yeah well, before we before we do uh, check out though what do you have uh, coming up in the pipeline anything exciting that you're working on that you're working on now that you can talk about uh i'm working on uh bullet train uh starring uh the gorgeous brad pitt that's um, right directed by david leach um there's other crazy cool people in it. Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Sandra Bullock, Brian Tyra Henry. Uh, who else is in it? Joey King. Loads That's of cool people. Cast. Yeah, it's really cool. So it's going to be such a cool movie. I uh, can't wait for people to see that. Um, it's sort of nuts that I'm doing it, but I'm not going to question it. Uh, <laughs> roll with it, man. Just going to keep <laughs> keep rolling with that bullet train. Um, and yeah, the King's Man's coming out uh what did uh, december 22nd i think 22nd 
December 22nd. Um, spending Christmas with Matthew Vaughn. Spending Christmas with Matthew Vaughn. <laughs> wow. There's a there's a thought. Um, yeah, no, it's that's, Which that's you, well, it's good, important to me- uh, mention you co scored with your buddy Matt Margison. Yeah, and we yeah, uh, and we'll we gotta, we'll, a, we'll do a proper we'll do proper a proper one with, with Matt. Matt. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we've got mention we've we've got quite the stories on that one. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, no, it's uh, it's great that it's finally. I mean, you know, COVID permitting. I mean, Delta, Lambda, whatever variant comes out to spoil. Yes, please the go next get vaccinated so we can all see the Kingsman. <laughs> right, um, but it's it's such a cool film it's uh it's a prequel for those people that don't know um none of the original cast of the first two movies obviously because it's set in the first world war so that would be impossible without time travel um <laughs> but yeah ray finds um I, I, it's been such a long time i don't even remember the cast Gemma Arterton. uh yeah how's it feel to have something that you finished so long ago that it's i mean i remember it's pushed because of the disney fox merger and then it right. got pushed again, and then the pandemic happened, and it just—it's like, oh no, that must have been. Well, it's kind of—it's—it's kind of great because, as we spoke about earlier, with with rabbits, kind of almost sort of being forced out because it's like, oh, fingers crossed. Oh no, we're still in it. Oh, not many people are going to the cinema. Um, it's nice that they're giving it a lot of time so it can actually come out and um and and give it its fair dues so yeah uh with all the work gone into it by everyone concerned um it's 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 lovely for it to be finally coming out and and you know we'll talk about it more when when matt and i do do one of these but you know we're so so very proud of that score i think if you asked him as well he'd be like yeah actually i think it's probably one of the best things i've been a part of um so all the all the struggles and the and you know the different cuts and the different this and the different that um really came to fruition and and create something really cool so i'm really looking forward to people hearing that um I've just built it up, so people. Yeah, will I know. Be like, it better be good now, Dom. Shit? It's better be good. <laughs> Dom said it was great. What's he talking about? It's rubbish. No, it's cool. It's like fully orchestral without being like floral and kind of yeah, animaty. Um, which I got told off a couple of times by Vaughn, saying that I was. It sounds like animation. What are you doing? So um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's it's, it's yeah, I, I love it. I actually, it, it's not. It's one of those scores that I actually go. I'm going to go listen to that cue that Matt did or the cue that I did from that because it's really cool, um, which I don't do very often. Um, so whether I'm just high, nuts. High on your own rubbish, supply. You don't get high yeah, on your own supply. Kind of. I don't regularly <laughs> do that. But um, when it's good and, you know, again, people will be like, what's he talking about? He's got rubbish taste. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to people finally seeing Yes, that. I'm excited for it. because I And love I've got too. some... I've got some Baymax shorts that I'm doing, um, which are super cute and awesome because he's one of the best characters ever. So it's yeah. nice to kind of, um, again, old friends with Baymax. Yeah, um, you worked on uh, with Henry on Henry's score for for Big Hero Six. I yeah. did indeed. Yeah, so it's nice to kind of, it's 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 different, but it's obviously still the world of Baymax and Big Hero Six. But it's a little different and um, super fun getting to kind of genre mix again and do different things on that so yeah i think that's it uh that is everything um aren't you uh but i thought you i saw you released uh on on facebook uh, you're doing a podcast i think with your with your fine. sister thank you for reminding tell, me tell us about that well yeah we just thought we we don't really get a chance to catch up properly because she yeah. has two boys i have two boys time differences and everything else, struggling with work and all that kind of stuff. So, she's still in the just, UK. She's in the UK. So we yeah. just thought, why don't we just kind of our our conversations are so batty and crazy, and people probably won't find them funny, but we find each other hilarious, <laughs> and we just kind of riff off each other. Um, so we just decided to be like, she's an actress, so she's just naturally a great storyteller, um, and I'm an attention seeker. So I thought, why not? Yeah, I mean, you you must be somehow. If she's related to you, I can imagine it must be a, a quite hilarious. Uh, she's worse than I am. She's worse than I am. She's got a much fouler mouth than me. She's way funnier than I am. She's way she's far better looking than I am. Um, 
so no it's I, i'm excited for people to uh to get a glimpse into her personality and her wonderful loveliness um and then the cool thing is is that we do so we talk about just random shit um we're actually going to get uh next episode we're going to get we've got the first episode coming out soon and then the next episode we're going to get jimmy hayward director of free birds and yes, multiple yeah. other things and all that all that jazz who is hilarious we're gonna get him on but at the end of every episode we kind of sum up what we talked about and we write a song on the spot um, wow that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's, it's really cool um i thought it was it was it was vicky's idea and i thought oh god really just gonna make me a performing monkey but she she totally like she gets involved too and makes it it's really cool and um yeah, I take my I take my hat off to her because it was a really good idea, which I poo pooed, but um, it's actually great. And the first one turned out re it's really funny. Um, so yeah, it's probably just us that find it super funny, but um, it will be available to, to you know listen to whilst you're washing up or. What's the name of the podcast? It's called Dom and Vic's Out of Tune. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I <laughs> I just did a I actually just wrote like a little kind of intro theme where i just went way over the top with it um <laughs> so that's funny too um it's like something you wouldn't expect to be at the beginning of a podcast it's like really kind of like jesus <laughs> um but it's fun it's super fun and it's something different and i'm getting to kind of flex that um uh you know narcissistic um attention seeking quality that everyone loves about me <laughs> Well, if you need a, a guest to come talk about how when you go mad, you know, in your studio and how I've chronicled some of the crazier moments of your life, I'll be well, you know. Just that would be calm. great. That actually <laughs> would be really good. So yeah, we should sort that out. That would be awesome. Give me a, call my people, call my publicist. No. I'll call your publicist, <laughs> your, your cat. Yeah, my cat, who's I think eating back there somewhere. <laughs> and for anyone who's watching, the reason why I have this up here is because I just moved and it looks like uh, it looks like this normally, and it's just a big mess. So this is a Whoa, the window into the soul. <laughs> there you go, Home Depot. So I box. thought this this background was just a little bit better, more professional. It's but <laughs> it's beautiful. I don't want to keep you for too long, but I think we've covered all of your you know your projects uh, since last time we talked, and it's uh, getting your insight is always a, you know a blessing, Dom. So um, I miss hanging out with you in the studio. I wish we could, you know, I could be there right now and, and chronicling your madness, but next day you know, I'll fly out. Well, you fucking time. move. So how are we going to do that? <laughs> yeah, bloody I will, fight. I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> you tell me um, when there's a next session, I will fly out for it. I promise you. <laughs> oh, that'd be rad. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's, it's been, it's, it's, I still yeah, work. It's... I still work in Burbank technically. So I will be back to film things and be there. So yeah, we'll catch them. We'll get some drinks. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I'm actually I'm off the booze right now, which is why I'm not I'm oh. sipping I'm I'm chugging the water and not sipping the gin and tonics whilst we're on this. But um yeah, I'm, I'm gonna cleanse, to be... are we? <laughs> I mean not really. I was like, I'll try a week. Uh a week I'm seven cut. days sober. A week will fix the liver, won't it? A week a week's fine. Um Patty liver is good to go. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, this it's been it's despite covid and whatnot i've been really busy and it's been kind of cool um you know getting to working on bullet train and having king's man's finally coming out yeah i think um, we're we're slated for december 22nd right that's it's on the schedule for december december 22nd yeah lovely little christmas gift christmas gift and hopefully things are better so you can't and that's one you really should go see in a cinema because it's yeah i mean like any matthew vaughan film it's mental and needs the full cinematic effect and we'll do this again with uh, mr margison next yes time. yes and <laughs> we will be drinking on that one 100 i want to um, i have the statesman uh the statesman uh, oh that's bourbon. right you do yeah. i remember you Me, have that yeah matt has the same bottles <laughs> yeah i don't have one but um no that film's great i can't wait for people to see that um and i can't wait for people to see bullet train it's so cool um and i feel very lucky to be a part of that project i don't quite know how that happened but i'm not going to question yeah. it i'm just going to roll with it <laughs> um as you do great. <laughs> and it's working out so far dom it's always a pleasure uh thank you again for your time it's it's always a pleasure the pleasure is mine my friend you are missed on this west coast i miss you as well and we'll we'll reconnect soon i promise i'll be back out <laughs> you better be i'll come find you <laughs> <laughs>